had my birth mother chosen abortion, I would not be sitting here talking to you. You know, like if the reality is, had she gone through with that decision, I would not be here, nor would I have a son or a daughter. Like her decision is a generational decision. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. I want to welcome you to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. Today, I'm excited to welcome my neighbor from South Carolina, Catherine Barnhill. Catherine is a pregnancy counselor at Lifeline Children's Services, the largest evangelical adoption agency in the country. She is based in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Catherine, I'm so glad you could be here today. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you do at Lifeline. Well, thank you for allowing me to come and to share. I am married. I've got two children, a daughter who works in children's ministry and a son who is in NASCAR, working his way in NASCAR. And both of them, I enjoy being a mom and I love living at the beach. I love escaping to the beach to just see what God, I don't know, it's just a calming place to go to the beach. And you just are reminded how big and great God is. And I don't know, I love living in Myrtle Beach. It's a great place to live and visit. Well, I'm guessing since you're a local, you probably know parts of the beach that the other tourists don't know about. Is that correct? Of course. Yes. (laughs) People don't really visit. We talked about Myrtle Beach, but there's a beautiful place called Cherry Grove and um, Polly's Island. There's some beautiful places that are quiet and um, can just put your chair down on the sand and you're not crowded. So anyway, there there are places up and down. My wife would like that. She she loves to take a book and a chair to the beach. So she would love that kind of place. So I have heard your story. And I want my audience to hear you tell your story, too. Not only do you work as a pregnancy counselor, but you are an adopted child yourself. And I thought in this episode, we I would just let you tell your story. And uh, we'll talk about some different aspects of it. But your story was really compelling when I heard it. And I'm sure my audience is going to be on the edge of their seat as they hear it as well, because it shows God's work, God's hand in your life, I know as we were talking before, God's hand has been in my family's life as uh, the boys that we were blessed to adopt. There's just no way it happened by chance. God was instrumental in this. And so if you would just mind telling your story today, that would really be helpful, I believe. Well, thank you so much. And I am so thankful that God has entrusted me with this story and um, to share and 
And I mean, we all have a story of God's hand on our lives, but I'm thankful and I want to be a good steward of that story. So I just want to share with you in 1965, a 21-year-old college student found herself in a crisis pregnancy, and there was no way that she was going to parent a child and no way she was going to tell her parents. And so she went to the abortion clinic and sat in the abortion clinic and realized that it wasn't legal and it was dirty. And so she left the abortion clinic and decided that she would make an adoption plan. Because, again, there was no way she was going to parent. And so she had to leave um, her hometown. And so she took time off her college and went down to stay with a young aunt, you know, 15 years older than her. But, you know, closer to her age, she went and stayed with this aunt and uncle in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And there she hid her pregnancy. She didn't tell the aunt when she got there. But she hid this secret, got a job. Anyway, in February 13th, 1966, she went to the hospital and delivered me, an eight-pound, eight-ounce baby girl, and she still realized that adoption would be the best plan. So she called her aunt to let her know that she'd had a baby, she would need a ride home from the hospital, and that she was making an adoption plan. Well, the aunt came to the hospital, and she asked her if she could see me, and she said yes. So she went to the nursery and the aunt prayed three specific things over my life that day. She prayed that I would be raised in a Christian family, that I would come to know the Lord at a young age, and that I would serve the Lord. Later, when I met the aunt, she shared those three prayers that she prayed over my life. And and so God had a plan. My birth mother um, placed me for adoption. And back in those days, a child would go into foster care. I went into foster care and then my parents were contacted, Harry and Shirley Perkerson, and they had been praying for a second child. They adopted a son three years before that, and they came to the adoption agency and Again, back in the day, they had to come visit. And then if they decided they wanted to parent that child, they would come back the next day. And thankfully, my parents came back the next day and they did um, adopt me. And so I grew up in a home, a Christian home. But what was so significant too, Tim, I wanted to share is when my birth aunt was praying over me in the nursery, those three things. She did not know that God had answered her prayer through her and her husband. So about five years before my birth, my parents got saved through the Bible study that my birth aunt and uncle had started. And so God answered her prayers through her husband. Now we wouldn't find that out till 28 years later, but just how God had answered her prayer that day in the nursery five years before that with my parents coming to know the Lord. And so I was raised in a Christian home. I always knew I was adopted. My parents never like sat us down and said, guess what, you're adopted. It was just life. And it was just how God had put our family together. And um, when, you know, I'd ask questions, they would say they didn't know the answer, but they wondered too. And they would be interested in what I was interested in and my questions. And they just really raised me, brought me up to just, look to the Lord, but just that God had put, this is how God had put our family together and that they were thankful for my birth mom. And it was, she was just a special person in our lives. And so growing up, I can remember the first time I realized I was different when I was around five years of age, I was playing 
with my cousins and we're talking about, they were talking about what hospital they were born in. And I remember saying I wasn't born. I was adopted. They were like, well, you had to be born. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, and where were you born? And I remember thinking, well, I don't know where I, I don't know that. And that was really the first time I can remember thinking there's something different. Mm -hmm. There's something different, you know, again, was brought up that my parents, you know, this is how God had put our families together. And yes, I would dream and think about who my birth mother was and my birth father. You, of course, fantasize about that. But just really, again, my parents would let me ask and voice questions and I was never shut down. It was just they would sit with me through my questions and and pray with me. I did come to know the Lord at a young age and I have actually served the Lord in ministry my entire life. I just realized more and more, you know, grew up, went off to college. I always did my persuasive speeches on why adoption is better than abortion or why a teenage girl should place a child for adoption. That just has always been like a part of my heart. I would attract girls that in school that were in crises pregnancy. And I may be the first person that knew about their crises pregnancy before they told their parents and would hold that you know, secret for them and, and just try to be a good friend to them. And so just kind of like God had just been working in my life, bringing me to where I am today. And so I went off to college, graduated from college, not sure what I was going to do and decided a friend of mine said, Catherine, you're always talking about adoption. Why don't you look into working for an adoption agency? And so I did. And back mm-hmm. in those days, we didn't Google. You looked in the yellow pages and I looked in the yellow pages and found a Christian adoption agency, started volunteering. And within months, they had offered me a job. And so I got to start working at this job and I got to be mentored by some of the most amazing women that worked with women in crises pregnancy. And I just had a heart for these women that were in the unplanned crises pregnancy to help them to make a plan, whether that was parenting or whether that was adoption. That's where God brought me. And that's where I started working with these women in in traumatic pregnancies. One of the things that you said about your adopted parents is Mm -hmm. that you know, they were always telling you that you were adopted. That's how God built their family. That's exactly what we did too. Um, we mm-hmm. never shied away from those questions. We were never intimidated by them or threatened by them. It's our reality. That's how God built our family. And so from day one, we were always telling both of our sons, you know, we're so glad that we adopted you. We're so glad God puts you in our family. He has a plan for you that, and he has a plan for us and he's brought us together. It's just been an an amazing story. And to hear you share that as you have so far, you see God's, his handiwork on our families. And so many adopted families are like this, where God has put, put you together. He's brought you together and the circumstances around it that's just amazing too, just to start connecting all the dots. And you were able to connect those dots 28 years later. My oldest has been able to connect some of the dots and it's just like, wow, this is just incredible. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you sharing that. You know, I want adopted uh, children and I want adoptive parents to just know that there there's things going on behind the scenes you might not understand right now. But in time, you might get a different perspective. But uh, again, it's just really cool to know and see God's, God's work in this. And I really like the fact that your, your parents were always open and sharing that with you. This has given you a a unique perspective then to help these birth mothers, having been, having a, a birth mom yourself that almost had 
an abortion. So how has that helped you to counsel these women? God has used it to be able to really speak truth into situations. And I don't lead with that, especially in options, choices. But there are many times that I have had the opportunity to say to the young woman as she's making her decision that had my birth mother chosen abortion, I would not be sitting here talking to you. You know, like if the reality is, had she gone through with that decision, I would not be here, nor would I have a son or a daughter. Mm -hmm. Like her decision is a generational decision, whether to parent or place for adoption, it's generational decision. You're going to carry the baby or not, you know, I mean, and so it's, God has just gifted me that ability to just connect and to be able to share truth. Listen, if God created life, he will provide. There is purpose in that life. God is the creator of life. Man does not create life. God does. He knew that it took my birth mom and birth father to come together for me to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so every child, every situation, if there's life, if there, if God's created life, he's created a purpose for that life. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to sit with women and to be able to share that God has a purpose for their life as well as this child, like that this wasn't done to them. And so it's like sharing with them the hope of the gospel. Listen, the gospel is what changes everything is understanding the love of Christ and how he loves each one and that he gave his life for us. And that gospel brings hope and the gospel brings the power for them to be able to, to go through these hard times and to, to see God work and move and to understand purpose and plan. And it's been neat to work with so many different women of different ages and, and to see, and to be in that room where they make in that decision, whether they're going to carry their baby or not. And when see them months later and no one ever regrets not having an abortion. I mean, everyone, not one have I ever worked with in the 17 plus years, 18 years I've done this have regretted birthing a child. And so that's the beauty of being able to share that and that passion God has put by giving me this story, I think, to be able to share that the reality of the generational decision they're making. That's really cool because I know the one thing we've told our, our, both our boys is that, and I know we had the conversation with my oldest son's birth mother. She just told us up front, I don't believe in abortion. One of the things we told them is that they loved you enough. They've made an adoption plan for you. And for that alone, regardless of anything else, they are to be, respected. They were very brave because they had other choices and they they chose life. They chose you and they chose to put you in a situation. I know with my oldest, she told me why she told me why she was doing it. And she, she chose, it was a selfless thing she was doing. And so having you to be able to have that perspective, you can share with these women who are you know, in a crisis pregnancy, it gives them an anchor. We were anchors of encouragement, it gives them an anchor to realize, Hey, I can get through this. Other women have gotten through this and I can do this too. So I'm glad there are people yes. like you can, that can shine that, that perspective. And really, as it gets back to the gospel in Christ, that really helps them to get through this. And really, I love lifeline children's services where I get to serve and work because it is so gospel centered. I mean, I love that. And I love watching birth parents and adoptive parents 
come together and God always shows up in amazing ways and ways that only he can. And I get to watch how God loves these women in these crises and how he provides for them. And so I love working at Lifeline to be able to share the gospel and to to love on these women and um, these families that are in crises, but also to watch when they make that decision to place for adoption, how God always shows up in that. It's just amazing. He always does something, and I can tell you a lot of beautiful things, but God shows up in ways only he can. And I just think as an adoptee, and we talked about this before the show, and you've heard my story, I could not, and I need to talk about when I met my birth mother, but it took me four years from the time I asked my parents for the information to when I actually filled out the information and sent it in. It took me four years because I needed to find my birth mother, not for what I could get, but for what I could give. So working with women in unplanned pregnancies, I would see how much they love their children. I mean, they love them. I mean, it takes a great love, as you talked about, that brave love to Mm -hmm. be able to let go. Even the ones that DSS stepped in and has maybe taken their parental rights, there's still that love and connection that's there between a birth mother, even if it's an unhealthy, there's still that desire that they want good for their children, or they at least want to know good has happened to their children. Mm -hmm. My oldest son, we were in the hospital minutes before he was born. And Uh the next day after she had signed the papers, she handed him to me. That's when I asked her what she wanted me to tell him. And that's something I have since shared with him. But I remember when she handed him to me, the love it had to have taken to do that in the first place. But watching her break down. It was just, it was really an emotional moment. Oh yeah. But just seeing that she was doing something so selfless for him. And then we were grateful that she was helping us build a family, create a family of our own, her love for him and desire for him. She helped us, you know, start our own family. So it was, it was a win-win for everyone, but I saw the devastation she went through to do that. And it, it, she was very brave to do it. Yes, Tim. I mean, there is so much sacrifice. There's pain. I explain it as they're for as birth moms and working with birth moms that there's this peace and pain that comes. It's a very painful experience of making that decision and signing those papers. But there's this underlying current of peace that they can't understand. Mm hmm. And so I just watched that daily. And so going back to my story, here I was a birth parent worker working with these women making this decision. And yet I didn't know my birth mother. And so, like I said to me, about four years before I was realized that now was the time to reach out and find her. And, um, and it was because back in those days, they didn't have the openness in adoption. They mm-hmm. didn't have the um, getting to meet and the, having the hospital bonding time and all of this with adoptive parents or the hope of ever seeing the child again. I love how Lifeline does it. I love how adoption has grown throughout the years. But back in that day, I realized that my birth mother probably wondered what happened to me 
And I just needed to be at a place that no matter what I found, that it was to say thank you to her and to give to her and not be looking for something. Yes, it's great to have answers. I wanted answers. Like I wanted to know, you know, where I came from and, you know, her personality, what she did, my birth father, my story. But I wanted her to know that I was thankful for her so that no matter what my story might be, it was not going to define me. My identity was in Christ. How did you come to that realization? Because that's that's a perspective that I've heard from other adoptees before. But how did you come to that perspective? Because that's that's processing your adoption on a whole different level. I really think how is through growing in your faith in Christ. I mean, there's no way you can do it apart from God and seeing your life from God's perspective instead of your perspective. I think, and I'll say that lightly, I I think of people who've gone through horrific circumstances and I've sat with birth moms and I've shared, you know, Jesus saw you in those circumstances and it broke his heart. Mm -hmm. You know, he and I mean, bad things happen to good people, but God, and I think just to get to identity in Christ is realizing that every one of us, we have to just get real with the Lord and realize he made us, he created us, he knows us. And he knows our frailties. He knows our pains, our weakness, our thought. And he has a greater plan than the enemy. And his plan is for good. And it's really freedom in Christ. And it's really that that who I am in Christ is who I am. Not what I do. Not what people say I am or what people want to call me. I am who he says I am. And I feel like all, I mean, my children aren't even adopted. My children are not adopted, but every one of us adoptees or not go through that time where you have to get your identity from Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think the struggle's harder maybe for adopted children, but it's growing in faith and seeing Jesus and knowing his love for me and that this is his plan. And another thing Tim, I want to share too is I think in Jeremiah 29, 11, It's like my life verse. I know the plans I have for you, says God, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so I have to put my trust in him. And that plan that day when she left, Pam left the abortion clinic, gave her a hope and a future because she never had any other children. And when I met her a couple of years after meeting her, I had my daughter She had a a struggle with her relationship with her mom and through me coming into her life, brought some reconciliation between her and her mom. And her mom was so thrilled about grandchildren. And so it brought it. It just brought a lot of healing and that hope in a future. No, she didn't have to be a mom. She never wanted to be a mom, but she did get to enjoy being a grandma. Mm -hmm. It was a generational decision, wasn't it? Because yes, it goes all the way back to to your grandma too now with her. Wow. Oh yeah. That's just, again, that's just amazing that you were able then to go with her and go to her and, and really help her heal. That's yeah, just, and really, it's a beautiful story. Well, and, and she actually came here. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked on the phone and that first conversation was really not what I wanted, but thankfully God had prepared my heart that it was not what I could get, but what I could give Mm -hmm. because she was very 
quick to say, I didn't want to have children. I want to have an abortion. And, and she literally was on the opposite spectrum of me. I was always pro-life. She was always pro-choice. But when we met and when she realized I didn't want anything from her, I just wanted her to know that I was thankful and that I loved her. And I was sorry that she had to go through. I mean, she did go through a lot of grief and a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to, you know, walk through that. But God brought so much healing and restoration. And I'll never forget the first time I saw her was coming down the elevator in um, Myrtle Beach Airport and um, realizing that I was seeing what I had dreamed about. It was so it was amazing that I got that opportunity and to meet her. So and it brought I want to say it brought healing in my life. Mm -hmm. It really brought more just some answers. I don't know that I would say that it was a healing for me um, because I I always viewed my situation. I was glad that she gave life and that Mm -hmm. here I had life and that this was my story. So but it just brought so many answers and to be able to know just to see. I understand what you're saying. Um, Thank you. (laughs) I understand what you're saying, and I can understand that because I'm I'm not going to share this unless my son gives me permission at a, in a future episode. But I can suffice it to say, he has. This is my oldest. He has since gotten some answers that he's wandered all his life, and some of those answers that he's gotten have been healing for him, healing, but also just knowing, just yes. the fact that he knows now things that he didn't know. He goes, okay. I know I can see God's hand in this. He can actually see God's hand in this now. We're, we we could see it all along. He's since come to that realization himself and go, yeah. And I can, I can say this without divulging too much. He's been made aware of from others that God's hand has been in this too. Mm-hmm. So just that knowledge itself is, it does bring peace of mind. Yes. Because, you know, you, you rack your brain, go, what about this? What about that? And so, yeah, that's been that's been good for him, and I'm I'm glad you were able to get that. I know we throw around the word closure a lot. I don't know if that's appropriate here or not, but it it just sounds really cathartic to hear, or cathartic for both of you and your birth mother to be able to meet. And it's just amazing you were able to help her heal from all those years she's been absent from you. Yeah, it was a really sweet. We were just like friends, and she has since passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother passed away, um, before her, but just, I saw God just work in her life. And, and like you said, we, I got answers. The knowing was so nice. And just recently, um, I've got information regarding my, um, birth father through ancestry DNA had been connected. Uh-huh. And so he is no longer living, mm-hmm. but to get some of those information and to talk to his brother who knew the story or can help put some of those pieces together has been nice and has been great. It's just amazing how God works in each one of our lives and how he has a plan and how he works. And, you know, knowing, getting some knowledge of my story is amazing, but just watching, you know, God fill in those blanks, but the whole time they were never blank to God. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing that's hardest sometimes for us to, to process is that, you know, he sees the big picture. We're only seeing a few feet in front of us, you know, and it's, yeah. I know it, I'm not adopted, but 
having lived this with my sons and even things that have gone on in my life, the perspective of time I'd be able to look back and go, oh, that's why this my that's why this happened in just different aspects of my life. And it's just it's good to have that that awareness at some point. And I'm I'm grateful that my son has gotten that awareness. I'm thankful you got that awareness for yourself. How has well, we've kind of talked about it, but this this has really impacted you. But you were grounded in Christ first. And I think that's kind of the, the key here, wasn't it, for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely, growing in my relationship with the Lord, definitely, and me seeing myself through God's eyes versus labels or, I mean, because I had prayed to receive Christ when I was young, but it was in high school when somebody called me a bad name. And I sat there and realized, well, he was right. I mean, I am illegitimate. I mean, that's what I was called that day. And I remember sitting in that desk in my class thinking, well, he's right. You know, that's who I am. That pierce in my heart brought me to seek the Lord and go to God. And God used that boy walking by my desk and saying that ugly thing to me for me to start realizing wait a minute, God has a plan and God has a purpose. And that made me seek my relationship with the Lord deeper Mm -hmm. in high school. It's a, it's a really cool realization. And I'm, I'm glad you shared this perspective with my audience to help them process this too. those who are adopted. And then, you know, for parents like me who want to help our children navigate some of these challenges. And I think, too, I just want to encourage you, Tim, and it's the realization that, I mean, just like my parents did the best they could, Mm -hmm. okay, they didn't have any training, and and, I mean, we do, and I'm saying I believe in training and encouraging counseling and all of therapy and everything. I believe in that. It's great. I think we have to all realize that God is sovereign, and he's the great I am, and his plan and purpose and how he brings families together we can't regret, you know, I wish I would have known this or did this or whatever. We have to trust that God entrusted our children to us mm-hmm. and we do the best we can, but ultimately it's, they have to wrestle with their relationship with God. They have to come to their own understanding of who they are in Christ. We can't do it for them. No, You're, and that's exactly right. We can't do it for each other. And nor would we want to, because it's in that wrestling and it's in that finding your identity in Christ that it brings you the freedom and enables you to accept your story. Mm -hmm. That is very well said. That is very well said. It's something, you know, again, it wasn't adopted, but my dad, and this goes for anyone, really, my dad said, you know, at some point you're going to have to make my faith your faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there has to be that struggle and that wrestling with it where you, you examine and say, okay, has what I've been taught is that, is that what I believe? And right. I, I was always encouraged to do that. And that's what we've encouraged our boys to do. And it sounds like that's what you have done and encourage your children as well. So it's, and, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, not e- it's hard watching our children struggle and mm-hmm. it's hard we want to get past the struggle to what we know. And just like working with birth parents, it's hard for me because as they're coming in and we're beginning this process, I have seen over and over again, they have no idea the love that's coming their way. 
these birth parents that I have watched over and over years and years of how God has taken a sad, tragic situation and how he's brought like this beautiful thing out of it for not only this child to be placed with the family, but the love that, and I love how Lifeline, how we do it at Lifeline, how God has, it's also gospel centered. I love it. But just to watch God put families together Mm -hmm. is amazing. And to wait for that to happen as far as for them to struggle, the moms I work with to get to the decision. And when they make that decision, just what goes on. And if that decision's parenting, it's always very clear and the resources are there. Mm-hmm. And and I have to trust God. There are some situations like, I go, I don't know about this, but then I watch and I see how God works and moves. So it's amazing. It is. It is. For each one of these episodes, I like to have uh, a daily doable, some action step for the audience to take away. What would you think would be a good first step to help our audience today to as they're considering your story and how you've you've processed your life and so forth? I would say to go back to the Jeremiah 2011 and say, you know, God has the plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think we make plans, but God is the one that holds the plan. And so I would say, you know, one of the things, whether you're adopted, whether you're an adopted parent, someone listening, birth parent, is go back to, you know, God's plan, his plan. And his plan is not to hurt you, but mm-hmm. to give you a hope and a future. And so I would think an action step would be just in your own life today, are you trusting God with the plan? That's good. I will put that verse in the show notes and I would encourage each and every one of you to just sit with the text and let that speak to you. Catherine, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Your story is inspiring and your work is inspiring. I know as we're recording this, we are are approaching uh, November, which is adoption month and Lifeline is a big, uh, has a big part in promoting adoption during November. Can you tell the audience how they can can contact you and Lifeline and the services you offer? Yes. Yeah, so Lifeline, the best way, and we need mission-minded families. And there's also a lot of support for adoptive families on our website. So the best place is lifelinechild.org, lifelinechild.org. So many free resources so many um, topics, but also if they're interested in adopting, um, to go to lifelinechild.org and to support this ministry. This is such a gospel-centered ministry. So Perfect. I will put the link in the show notes for that as well. So if you are a, adoptive parents or want to be adoptive parents, there's resources there. But if, you find your, if you're a, a woman who finds yourself in a crisis pregnancy, uh, there are resources for you and I hope you're listening with the intent to uh, choose life, choose love, and and be brave and courageous. So, uh, Catherine, again, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. I hope you were inspired by Catherine's story as much as I was. Here are a few of the takeaways. Number one, there's beauty in choosing life. No one ever regrets not having an abortion. Number two, if you're an adoptee, and you get a chance to meet your birth mother, think about what you can give to her. Number three, don't pay attention to what people call you or say about you. 
Rather, find your identity in Christ. And finally, number four, if you're a woman in a crisis pregnancy or an adoptee, remember, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Check the show notes out for the resources Catherine mentioned. And if you know someone this episode would bless, please consider sharing it with them. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim, encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.